show, man. You join the fuck up. Welcome to another episode of Post Weird, a conversation show about pop culture and the apocalypse. Today, we're just talking some general music news as of late. We're going to talk a little bit about um, the Astro World Festival situation with Travis Scott. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, vinyl delays that are going on in the industry and, and a few other albums or, or projects that we're excited for. Um, first off, Steve, how you doing today? I'm doing lovely, my main man. I got another cup of coffee, so you already know what this means. You're, you're hyped. amped. You're hyped. I'm amped. I'm amped. Like, there's good music outside. And you know what else is outside? Do you hear it? Do you hear that jingle jangling? <laughs> Christmas music is coming. Christmas music is coming. You already here. sent me the playlist. You <laughs> Yo, you can help me with my playlist. <laughs> like, please do. Put whatever you want to put on this. Put it on there. Um, I, I know you, you love Christmas, and I don't really have any. I'm not speaking ill will of Christmas as a holiday, but I do feel a lot of ill will towards Christmas music. Just because having worked in retail, they start that shit in November, and then you don't hear anything other than Christmas music for two months. And it makes you want to die. You guys are phony. <laughs> every one of you guys who say that are so phony. So you want to hear your top 40 every day? You want to hear Taylor Swift every day? Okay, at least the top 40 is about relatively different things. It's Doja Chris- Cat. Christmas it's music... Lizzo is about all of the same thing it's about jesus it's about presents it's about wanting to fuck santa claus those are the only three topics of christmas music look if you're if you're queen wherever your house is personal listening if your queen isn't dressing up as santa claus and you fuck her as santa claus what are y'all doing <laughs> what are y'all doing that's this is my hot take i think Christmas music is fantastic. Fuck, I could fuck to all Christmas songs. <laughs> what? You never. You just, just making the bed rock to away in a manger. I I don't need that in my life. <laughs> I could fuck to ta- oh, uh, Tannenbaum. I could fuck to oh, uh, Silent Night. I could fuck to first off, the Temptations Christmas album is a perfect song. You could fuck to anything on that. Come on. Um. I'm I'm not ready for the Christmas conversation. We Let will snow. <laughs> I'm gonna put a plug in here though for a future podcast because we did do favorite Christmas movies last year, and I think this year we're gonna do favorite Christmas songs. So I will dig deep in the bank for punk rock covers of Christmas songs, which is a weird niche that actually like exists. It's out there. Love it. There's love some it. great punk bands that have just been like, yeah, we're gonna fucking rip through. Oh, hark the herald angels sing or whatever the fuck. And fuck it's going to rock. <laughs> fuck all that. Fuck all of that. <laughs> I just don't understand to be like every year at the same time. People are like, oh, Christmas is coming so soon. You want to know some. You know what? I'm, I'm amped enough to have the talk. Fuck what this podcast is going to be about. This podcast is about Steve getting his hate off for you people. For I years, know you love corporations. Tell me about can I fin- it. Can I finish? <laughs> I do love a good corporation. Shout out to HBO Max. Shout out to Netflix. Shout out to Apple Plus. What's up? For years, Halloween was just a day. Let me Let me get my shit off. Thanksgiving was just a day. Halloween did the due diligence to defend itself from Christmas. Because Christmas could have started September, if we're being honest. <laughs> Halloween has been doing its work, where now Halloween starts in like mid-September. It's called spooky season for a reason. Halloween did the work. Thanksgiving not doing the work. What you want me to do? Thanksgiving is too attached to Christopher Columbus, and obviously I don't fuck with him, bro. So what you want me to do? I, I will agree with you that... that- 
I love Thanksgiving as a concept, but it needs a rebrand. Because you gotta there's, do some, do there's the work. not a whole lot you can do to market against Halloween, which has horror movies, which has dressing up, which has the connotation of fall, which like there's a lot going on to extend that season. And there's obviously a lot going on to extend Christmas. I think there's only a certain amount of work that like uh did you ever make like paper turkeys in school? Yeah, so with your little hands, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. If that's the only thing people can think of for Thanksgiving is like a bird that's gonna die that you're gonna eat and genocide, you got a branding problem. You got a problem, bro. Like y'all give me shit every year, but I'm Halloween has done the work. I remember when Halloween was just like, oh, the week of it's Halloween. September, now we got harvest into fall into halloween they did the work we, thanksgiving is not doing nothing hollywood needs to start the thanksgiving movie there's like not enough of those and maybe we could a lot of this i think relates to a larger position of these holidays in pop culture so we have the long history of of basically being sold a version of christmas through movies that helps the holiday expand we have the whole history of horror movies to help expand spooky season what we really need is like a couple celebrities in the bag for Thanksgiving who's just like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to sign on to do this silly Thanksgiving movie. That will help with the rebrand. I I think I I think best movie takes is that I firmly believe that Knives Out is a Thanksgiving movie. Everyone's wearing Stop it. Everyone's Stop wearing it. sweaters. It it's the fall. It has to do with family infighting. There's maybe not enough food with it but it's like it's not a halloween movie but it's in the fall all the families together in the house for whatever reason it's it's a thanksgiving movie it's just not branded that way because thanksgiving's not cool (laughs) thanksgiving's not cool because it's attached to too much genocide what thanksgiving needs is the rock to do a movie where he'll say to his little daughter i'll be home for thanksgiving because he's so busy working and he, he goes across the country it's just the literal same movie with jonathan and taylor thomas and it's just a rock trying to get across the country there's hijinks there's is a lot of comedic actors a lot of good actors and it's just fun you gotta work on thanksgiving because right now it's just like y'all are a day y'all are two days tops have you seen planes trains and automobiles the movie no i have not seen that one. that's a very good uh, comedy that has to do with uh, it's Steve Martin and I'm forgetting the name of the other. Is it John Candy? I think it's John. Yeah, it's John Candy. They're trying to get home for Thanksgiving, and they try to take every form of transportation, hence the name of the movie. But they like they can't manage to to get home. It's it's one of the only good, one of the only Thanksgiving movies I can think of, and one that should be like the shining example that people should strive for when trying to make Thanksgiving cool again. Is, is we need those sort of like road trip, I need to get home for Thanksgiving. It's got to be, we got to make it special. We got to make Thanksgiving great again. Is that anything? Oh my God. <laughs> is that anything? You, no, that's not anything. I don't think anything. I don't think that'll like just get a certain group of people to come over. <laughs> but you do need stuff because I would, in my head, I immediately think of just saying John Candy. What if we did like an Uncle Buck, but the exact movie, but it's around Thanksgiving and the movie ends with them all at the table? Yeah, yeah. Like, you just need more stuff because if there's no TV attached to it, you don't push a season for it. I can't believe that Netflix hasn't yet optioned the show that I've pitched, which is a pilgrim drama surrounding around Thanksgiving. I can't believe they haven't picked it up yet. Like, I honestly think that's a great pitch for a show. I don't actually think that. Please stop looking at me like that. (laughs) No, I wanted you to have it in a moment. (laughs) 
<laughs> Tell me about this pilgrim drama where they like, you know, let's make pumpkins and fuck uh, each other with yeah. turkey. <laughs> I don't think that that's what happens. I don't think they fucked the turkey. I mean, it was a different time. What? Is Isn't that what you said? <laughs> no, yeah, I said fuck the turkey, but something about the way you said it just made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Anyway, oh Thanksgiving. Stop trying to rush us towards Christmas, Steve. Let's talk about music. And that was a really funny way to start a podcast that has to do with something that's not good. So I don't want to belabor it too much because there's a lot of news out there that people can read from better sources than us. Um, but we have been on the podcast in the past and have voice support for Travis Scott as you know enjoyed his music I love Astro World the album there's a festival that happened uh, in Texas a few days ago where there was very poor crowd control possibly a, a larger crowd than what was expected and for a number you know of reasons uh, I, I think at least eight people died at this festival which made it deemed basically like a mass casualty event. Um, and I think this is really, this, I wish it didn't happen. This has happened before in the past, but I think it's the first one I can remember very recently. You know, we even talked on this podcast about the Woodstock 99 documentary, and there was a lot of other things going on in that one. But even in that case, I believe uh, one person died over the course of that weekend. So it really shows you how out of control this festival was that they basically couldn't stop it and that, you know, eight people died. It's really pretty horrible. Yeah, it's it's a pretty horrible thing. It's, and we're still getting more information on it. I think it's about eight people dead, 300 people were injured. The videos we're seeing, I'm watching a lot of videos on TikTok, which is probably making its way to Instagram. You're seeing what people really went through. And it's it's pretty horrendous. People like begging the camera guy to like help stop the show. There's a dead guy over there. There's a dead guy over here. Just they're trampling people. people. I saw a video of a person just begging for help. It's just the videos are what's is is making what was already just sort of like you know how we just take in information every day. All of us take in so much information. Yeah. It's almost, it's really easy to desensitize yourself to anything. You hear eight people die at a concert. You can kind of turn your brain off and just say whatever. Travis Scott has already come out. He said, sorry, I'm devastated, blah, 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 blah. We're going to talk to families and police. You can turn your brain off. When you start to see the, the videos of the kids that were there, the adults there, it really, I think this is really going to turn out bad for everyone involved. This is bad. This is really, really yeah. bad. The thing is, is that it should be, because I think one of the things that Shelby and I were talking about this earlier, and sh she made a good point that like there's a number of very famous rock artists who have had people die at their shows. The Rolling Stones uh, had a famous show at Altamont that got out of control and someone died. There were there were injuries at the original Woodstock. There's the Woodstock '99 doc. There's the I remember hearing stories forget where exactly took place but a people dying in the crowd at a guns and roses show and so she was basically like isn't this basically just part of the longer history of of live music and despite how how horrible it is that this happens and it's like that is true but also this is one of the first 
times that I can remember something this big happening where everyone could record it, which yeah. is a huge difference. It's like you hear someone dies in the crowd at Guns N' Roses in 19, I don't know what year it, year it was, but let's just say 1990. Um, you might hear about that, but you might not ever know the full circumstances of what resulted in that. It's very It's very easy to just be like, oh, someone could have had a heart attack. Someone could have been dehydrated. Someone could have had heat stroke. It's easier to turn your brain off and be like, well, it happened, but it's not indicative of the concert industry as a whole. Whereas here, you just have everyone who had had phones. So they could they could record all this terrible shit that was happening, which is a huge difference in why I think there will be actual consequences for this. Yeah, I, I, I don't look forward to what's going to come from this. I think ultimately it's going to be so easy for him to say this is tragedy. But people died, and it's just, there's a little kid that died there, dude. Like, this is a terrible situation. It's awful for Travis Scott. It's awful. But I'm really happy that there's videos of people who are recording it because we don't have to wait 20 years for someone to do a a perfect documentary or anything. Whoa, that was wild. We could wait four months, and someone can compile an interview and have a beautiful way to see how tragic this is. But I. I, I also think it's really great that we're having videos of this because instead of it just being Travis Scott's shows are wild and that just becomes sort of like a legend. Because in my head, I, my, thought, my, my initial thought was they're going to close it down for today and cancel it for the year, but next year you're going to try again. But the videos are going to really help to either force Live Nation into having perfect security, understanding the crowd. Even if Travis Scott is inciting some sort of like rowdiness, there still has to be some control here. Yeah. That's what I want to see. I want people to be safe and have their fun time. But it's it's so weird to even talk about it because it's so fresh. Well, and it's something that it's it's spun out of control in a way that is nuanced. That honestly isn't great for the amount of internet speaking that's going on about it. Because yeah. like you can't really summarize what causes something like this to happen in a fucking tweet. Like it just doesn't it just doesn't happen. There's there's a number of reasons why something this like this would be dangerous. I saw that like previously the crowd size had been much smaller for the same space that they were using basically. Um, so there was not enough security or medical personnel to care for those people, which is totally on Live Nation. Like Live Nation should be sued by the families of the people that are there and the people that were injured because they obviously were not prepared for the crowd size. But there's also the part where Travis Scott has a history of encouraging people to basically force their way into the concert and had been bragging about fitting even more people into the show and has encouraged people to basically stage rush at different points, which if if you've ever been to a concert of any kind or any size is always dangerous. There's some responsibility there. There's also, you know, there's such thing as like mosh pit etiquette. I know that that sounds uh, counterintuitive, but there really is a right way to to do it and to make sure that people are still safe. If you were going to a show like this with the idea that this allows you to inflict pain on other people, stay the fuck home. It's really, that's not what getting wild at a concert is for is not to hurt other people. I just feel like that's been lost in the discourse too. Cause I've seen some people who are just like, Oh, you know, what did people expect by going to this show? What do people expect from Travis Scott's songs, lyrics, etc.? And it's like, there are 
hardcore punk shows that don't re- result in this amount of violence. It's about not necessarily knowing in this huge crowd the correct way to be safe as well. It's just there's I guess what I'm trying to get at is that this is a very nuanced idea of who's at fault and the conversation around it on Twitter is probably going to be get ugly because there's not enough room for the nuance. Yeah, I think just to go back to the beginning of what you said, I think it's really ugly. I think the Live Nation is going to blame Travis Scott and Travis Scott's going to blame the Live Nation. And it sounds like everyone's wrong here. People are, have lost their kids. People have lost family members. It's just, I don't want to get into the mudslinging part of it. I don't care enough because it's still just a day later from yeah. when all of this became more clear. But it's going to get ugly. And ultimately, I still don't trust that any corporation or any personality is going to not try to do what's best for themselves. Oh, 100%. They're, they're going to still try to have another astral festival next year or the year yeah. after because people have forgotten and the legend of those kids who died will make it seem more intense yeah. for the hype beast. And Travis is like, this is how my show goes. Yeah. Still just come run up. So nothing's going to change. And that's the part that really like irks me, that people can die, especially just after this pandemic people can die and it's like people's humanity has just sort of disintegrated yeah i'm not sure if it's just because of the pandemic or it's because of life but like people care so little about human beings now i I think that was the other part that struck me is that i i do think most of the blame should fall to the person who's putting on the concert so most of the if we're trying to blame anyone it should be live nation but on the other hand i'm also just like what is going on with like the pursuit of uh, stardom, clout, hype beastness, whatever you want to say, that basically makes it so that someone can die and the people around them are unaffected. Obviously, there are people that were trying to help in this situation, but like if there are people in the crowd that know one person has died or in the vicinity of that person, it's on you to to do something about this. I guess it just, it blows my mind that in these clips that there's some people who are doing absolutely nothing. And I'm not saying that everyone should automatically be like trained to be able to deal with these situations. That's what security and medical personnel is for. But I'm also just like, how does this happen? Like in, in just like, I guess there was some talk about like what actually caused the surge to the front. It's like you can't just be there and think only of yourself when you're in a crowd that size. It's impossible. That's how you hurt people. I've been That's in a lot of mosh pits. Like. If you only think about yourself <laughs> in the mosh pit, you will hurt someone else. There's a difference in humanity out there recently. There's a difference in how people interact with other people. Yeah, we can relate this to Woodstock 99. It's any sort of wild ass show from the past because that's it just makes the most sense but i'm saying post pandemic people are different in how they want to have a good time when people are trying to party they're trying to party yeah hard selfishly so of course you can see kids getting killed here of course you can see travis scott like yo this is the first festival i've been at and you guys i'm getting fucking paid out the ass and i'm with all my fans and of course the live nation is going to try to cut corners that way they make the most money back because they didn't make money last year I yeah. get it. The people are not understanding. I don't give a shit. You still have to do the job. Security needs to be here. There still needs to be barricades. It needs to. You need to do your job. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't couldn't agree more. I don't know if there's really anything else to say 
on that. We'll see what happens. We'll see if anyone else is held responsible. But it seemed foolish to have a music pod right now and not talk about that. I'm a huge fan of going to concerts. I'll continue to go to them. I hope people stay safe as they continue to do that. And just remember that when you go into a concert, it's a collective experience. You've got to think about the people that are around you, whether that's COVID, whether that's the actions that you're taking in, in the pit or in the crowd or whatever. You are not alone there. It is not just about you. Uh, it's, it takes more thinking than that to enjoy, uh, you know, to, to be a good concert goer. It just, it's just the way it is. If you don't like that, stay home. I, I Honestly, I don't, I don't know what else to say on that. <laughs> No, you killed that. Let's let's talk about some things that are coming up in the music industry that are that are all interesting and and connected in different ways. But let's talk about something first of all that we're really excited for, and that's the Silk Sonic record because "Smoking Out the Window" is honestly it's my favorite of the three Silk Sonic songs so far, and it makes me think that this record might absolutely be a classic. Like I liked the first two songs, but I was like, okay, this is this is in the vein of what they can do. I expect. I expected this, but you watch that Silk Sonic music video for Smoking Out the Window and you're like, oh, this could be album of the year. This it's this easy. is crazy. This is one of my top, top songs of the year already. Like, this, this is, is, this is fantastic. This is easily album of the year. <laughs> this is easily going to go on our end of the year list. Yeah. Easily. This is, I, we already saw the track list, so it's 90 songs. Yeah. So we already have three of the nine songs, which sucks because, you know, I kind of fuck how you will ingest that. Yeah, and it's probably going to be, I mean, I don't know how long the songs will be, but like nine songs isn't super long. But if they're nine songs that all sound like this, fine with it. I'm okay with not having 20 track albums. You can't, but you can't miss with that. You can't miss. Anyway, with continues. Songs. Continue. You can't miss. This album is going to easily be album of the year. It's going to definitely go up there. I don't know if it's. I think we're to find out the Grammy nominees this week or this week. I doubt we're. This is probably like next year. Well, yeah. Silk Sonic is crazy. I don't know why it's taking them so long to like give us this album. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know what your studio is doing. You guys are fucking crazy. Honestly, but I am definitely. Excuse me. <laughs> I am a hundred and ten percent. Doing every sexual act I do in my house. I'm talking to myself, masturbating alone in my little office with a candle lit, with Silk Sonic playing in the background. <laughs> this is the fucking jam. Smoking out the window is fucking great. It's it's fantastic. I think that they saw the response to the songs. I know you were really big into like it coming out over the summertime, but I honestly think they res- they saw the response to the songs and thought that they could sell a ton of copies over the holiday season. Because this is an album and a style of music that I think has very wide appeal. And I think they were like, oh, you guys want it. You want it, want it. Like, you, this is going to do numbers. Well, then we need to push it to a time of the year when we can do crazy numbers for holiday sales. I also, I saw, did, were you able to find a, a vinyl pre-order of this? No, there's no vinyl pre-order. It's, it's just CD. It's cassette. There's no yeah. vinyl. It just makes no sense. So Where's the vinyl? It it does make sense because I bet that they also pushed this because they either made changes to it late or whatever and couldn't press the vinyl and we're trying to get the real release closer to the vinyl release so people didn't forget about it. I I, I bet that that's also part of it because one of the other things I wanted to talk about was as people are going about holiday buying and shit. There's a huge vinyl shortage right now that's going to lead to really, really long pressing times for any record that you're pre-ordering. And I wa- I'm wondering if Silk Sonic is, is either trying to bring those dates closer or trying to stay away from that delay. But 
it's going to be weird to see how artists adapt to this because it's it's going to be a growing problem, especially as people buy for the holidays. It makes sense that this is what's happening. I, I, I had uh, pre-ordered a vinyl from a band I loved, a band that you didn't like the album, which I think is the album of the year. And <laughs> I keep the Twitter, just and it just keeps like, oh, there's vinyl release issues, there's vinyl yeah. release issues, and now it all makes sense. It, but Silk Sonic vinyl needs to be It needs to happen. It, this it, is clearly it will happen, because that's, that's the avenue for it. I saw the cassette, and I was like, well, it's not not a cassette record, but I think that it's even better... Uh, on vinyl i just feel like that's gonna be the mood it's gonna be the mood god can you imagine cleaning (laughs) the house today oh my god God. i i want to talk about though the just in general this vinyl shortage because it's it's been in the news a lot recently and one of those reasons is because the other big holiday album i wouldn't be surprised honestly if an evening with silk sonic and uh adele's 30 are the three biggest selling albums of this this holiday season um probably taylor swift as well but i'm talking like new records i know that those are like reissues and re-recordings of them like brand new releases um i have a feeling that these are going to be two of the biggest ones and one of the things that made the news is that they're pressing five hundred thousand copies on vinyl of this adele record and that's a huge amount of fucking copies man it's so many copies and now I'm starting to see indie bands that I follow who are basically like, we can't get this record pressed. Like if I, I saw one of my favorite artists that I follow, she basically was like, good luck trying to finish your album in the next three months. Because if, if you don't get you, if you don't turn your album in, in the next couple months, you're not going to get your vinyl until 2023. And that's a crazy delay for bands that actually rely on physical sales it makes me kind of sad yeah i I can't imagine what's the the way around this because you can't destroy a big artist like adele you can't destroy any of the big artists that like oh we're going to if someone has a secret album coming out it's over for you so like the small bands the small artists who like you said completely survive off that sale this could totally destroy whatever is going to be your album, whatever is the rollout, yeah. whatever is tour touring. If you can't even sell an album there, it sucks. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if this. I, I hope that it does cause a bigger conversation about the role that like chain retailers have in this, because some of this is because Walmart and Target have gotten into the business of selling this yeah. stuff, and each of them needs their own special pressing so that people buy it there. And of yeah. course, the people who are shopping like. No offense, I, I, I haven't personally really bought any records from Walmart or Target, but I know that people do. But, like, the Target audience for that is very different than your record store. And so people can just pick these up. In the example with Adele's 30, pick, the, pick them up for the holidays and, and whatever. And that's just a totally different, like, business interaction than what was happening before when, like, uh, an independent band might press 2,000 records and hope to get into your independent record store. And if they can sell 2,000 for 25 bucks a piece, that's mad profit for them. That's very different than being like, I will take up all the space at the plant with my 500,000 records. It just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, it's weird when it's like, your app will not exist. All you can do is play it off streaming. Maybe you can get yeah. a couple CDs. But it's so strange to go from vinyls being niche to vinyls being huge, vinyls being sort of niche again, to vinyls being 
part of the only avenue that really matters to yeah. all people don't buy CDs. <laughs> I buy CDs. I know, no but I'm saying in general, people don't no, buy I know CDs. That, yeah. No one buys CDs. It's just like we don't need the money is in the vinyl because you can get good money for a vinyl. Yeah, a vinyl could be forty dollars, depending on the pressing. It could be a lot, and that, like you said, goes right back to the artist and goes right back to their hands. But it's so crazy. It just. I saw someone, it, it rubbed me the wrong way again because I, I Googled it so I could get the numbers and the information right. And one of the first things I saw was like an article from Billboard that was like, no, it's not Adele's fault that there is a vinyl shortage. And, and I was like, all right, I, I got a couple takes on this. First of all, there's not one article I've seen who said it was specifically her fault. This has been going on since the pandemic. Just like any other business, there's supply chain issues. So it's not her fault but of of course of course billboard would come out and defend adele they need adele who the fuck is billboard they need adele to sell a bunch of records so they can write about it yeah the idea that it's not at all her fault or her record company's fault whatever is is pretty ridiculous because like if i know that there's a supply chain issue for like mcdonald's hamburgers and everyone in front of me in line is ordering two and I come up to the counter and I'm like, I'll have a hundred, please. If you're behind me in line, it's my fault now. Even if I didn't make the burger shortage, if I ordered a hundred of them, I just fucked you. So like the fact that the major labels are taking up all the space at the plants is actually a problem and it is partially their fault. You have to work within the context of what you know is going on. And so if you're pressing 500,000 of these and you know that there's a shortage, you don't care about independent music. You care about making the most on your dollar. That's it. It's it's such a strange time to live in where, you know, some artists absolutely care about streaming, but yet they're also like, we can make some good money on these vinyls because all the niche kids are now buying vinyls. Yeah. Everyone's going to love this. Your mom's going to love to have her entire Adele collection from yeah. 21 to 25 to 30. Just It's so strange to live in, but... It's hard. How do you imagine Billboard can't blame them because they, they live and breed and die off her and whatever the major artists having a good year? Yeah. So, of course, they're not thinking of the small indie band or your small indie band or my small indie band. They don't give a fuck about that. Yeah. It just it, it showed the ugliness of the music industry kind of rearing its, its head again because a lot of these artists that are pressing the vinyl, they don't need the sales of vinyl to like continue making money like adele's gonna break all the streaming records and i know that streaming doesn't pay nearly as much as physical sales but she's gonna stream enough that like let's let's not think that she's not gonna make money off streaming she's this album much. She's there's fine. there's a lot of streams so the idea that you need all the streams and also need all of the records is just like i don't know i'm, I'm just like Oh, but that, I, I totally agree with you because it's like we're already doing the vaccinated people can go on tours again thing. So yeah. it's like, what are we talking about here? You, it's just like ugly ass capitalism where I need to have every possible avenue of money and dollar that I can get every dollar I can squeeze out of yeah. you. I will take it. This isn't necessary. A tour is going to sell out no matter where the fuck she goes. Yeah. It's just, it is, it is greed, and I hope that they find a way to resolve this. I think part of the reason is that there's the plants that they're ordering these from. There's really very few plants that still do this. Most of them would have probably shut down during the time when vinyl wasn't popular. And I think one of them 
burned down or something like that. Like there's there's real supply chain issues, but I'm just like I, I don't want to let these major labels off the hook because <laughs> it's really no, going to cut really. into the people that you should be sh- supporting. Like if you like uh, a band and uh, you know they've they don't have that many followers on Spotify or they're when they come through on their tours through your town they play you know 500 head cap rooms you should buy their record if if it's fucking adele and taylor swift like they don't give a shit about your record sale i'm sorry you're you're good (laughs) this is the same thing how it's always been if you have a small band of do what you can to support them follow them on instagram follow them on twitter where they're going if there's buy merch trash buy merch even if even if it's ugly and stupid buy the stupid merch but if it's adele if it's any big artist if it's fucking beyonce you're good (laughs) illegally stream it illegally download it i you're fine don't, yeah don't don't get got getting gotten get got for the people you love yes couldn't agree more we've got we've got one more thing on this list of of music news that we're working through because we we were like we went from like bad thing to good thing to bad thing again let's talk about something else that's coming at the end of this year let's fucking go there's an avril lavigne single coming out and it's her first single since she signed to travis barker's record label we spent a lot of time dedicated to pop punk on this podcast the avril lavigne pop punk rebirth is coming it is imminent it is imminent she's gonna return to the charts with this shit it's necessary (laughs) yo because i feel like avril lavigne like everyone else and uh mid to late oos tried to flip it into i could just be a pop star yeah but her voice didn't carry that same energy it just was it was weird it wasn't you wasn't in uh suffice to say it was like she wasn't living her raps like these aren't this isn't music and if you're finally get a shot to just continue doing what she's deserving yeah. of please i want it there's probably going to be a ton of collabs from other people that we talked about on our pop punk podcast go back and listen to that episode but i would imagine that there's going to be a lot of collaborations um travis barker will probably be playing the drums all over the record like this is gonna be really fun and i think this actually might be the first true test of the marketability and sales potential of pop punk the last few have been sort of surprises like no one really expected machine gun kelly's album to do the crazy numbers it did i sort of saw it coming but like I don't think most people saw that number of sales. I don't think necessarily if you would look back that people would have expected like Olivia Rodrigo's biggest songs to be the ones that were sort of pop punk ish. Like, so a lot of this has been unexpected, but pairing like basically making the concert's decision to return to pop punk while it's coming back into style is a clear like attempt at a comeback which I don't think we've really seen yet. Does that make sense? Like this no, is the real test to this be is like, the real test. is this, does this have mainstream potential? Cause if Avril Lavigne can land a top 10 hit or something by returning to pop punk, that means it's open season. Everyone should pick up their fucking guitars. If that happens, I, I really <laughs> hope I, I, I look forward to that, but I also don't because like you said, it isn't, it isn't really happening yet. Once we start seeing a lot of old bands that we know, only could have survived because of pop punkness start to try to re-release a song yeah like we'll know what's over when fallout boy comes back we'll know it's we're on the well, back when, end when they went from mania which is like a pretty bad album to just like dropping those take me take take this to your grave riffs i mean i would love yes. it but it, it would also would be a sign that. 
that it's over. the market has turned back towards that kind of music. I would love that by just it concerns me. Like if we get taken back Sunday back, like if we get real, <laughs> all real of these bands are just, still going. They just no, no one has cared about them for years. Nobody has released music. I would like Jared Little to stop fucking being weird and just make <laughs> some music, please. It'll just be really interesting to see. I'm excited. I wanted to see this, and I thought after that really good song with with Mod Sun Flames that she would probably return to this kind of music. But she is. By far, I think the biggest name person with the longest established like identity with this music, who's gonna try to mount a, a comeback with it, and uh, we'll see. I'm I'm excited. Um, I hope it's good, and I hope it does inspire uh, more so than inspiring old bands to try this music. I hope we see more young people being able to sort of reach back into nostalgia and connect with some of the albums that may have gotten lost over the last 15 or 20 years that because it, it just hasn't been in vogue but like i would love if there was just a, a more kids started showing up to the some 41 shows i'm tired of it being old people like me <laughs> you are not old man you're, you're the youngest the fuck i know but there. you you know what i mean like the, the, you you go there and it's just like oh this is the this is like the not middle age but it's like we can all tell we found this band 15 years ago yeah, like, this is 2003 talking yeah, right yeah. here. It's, I see it's, there's I see not, it, it's not the TikTokers. So we'll, we'll see how that works. It's the weird energy about I, I'm really excited to see it revitalize, but I'm also not excited to see it revitalize in a way that I know once, mark, once marketing gets its hands yeah. on it, it's over, dude. It's well, there's be, more than one TikToker kid who's now a pop punk person. And I'm just like, I, I guess. I mean, I'm happy to I see guess. new people, but this seems like an industry move. When the industry gets its hands on this and we have to live through Fall Out Boy saying, yeah, we're going to make music again that totally is the way we always wanted to, but <laughs> I'm going to be so excited for it, but I know in my heart, this isn't genuine. You guys are old. Yeah. Move I mean, on. and some of these bands just haven't, like, I love Blink-182. Like, I, I, one of my favorite bands ever. The music since they came back is mostly not great. It's fine. There's a song here or there it's fine. that I like. What I want is I hope that there's sort of this new wave pushes some of these bands that have been maybe coasting a little bit to like pick it back up. Like it's okay. You don't need to make music that sounds like it could go in a Target commercial. Like you like let it rip and see what happens. This is the time to do it. Um, I want more of that. I want to see Panic at the Disco just have it have the moment in the sun one more time because I, I do it's really interesting what brendan yuri has done to keep the band alive through all of the hiccups yeah all the memories i mean they're a pop out. band now they're a pop band now but like brendan yuri's voice was always so perfect and it, it is it has grown especially around like the pop music he's done mm-hmm. i don't like it but i'm like yo his voice sounds amazing i wish i wish we could hear it the way i need to hear it and before we go Haley williams what are you doing right now <laughs> what are you doing right now Get your ass in the fucking booth. Uh, it We're is hungry. It is interesting that Paramore turned away mostly from pop punk, which for for pretty good results. I think After Laughter is a fantastic album. Yeah. Um, I was mixed on her solo efforts, but it does seem like people could just start writing her checks to feature on songs again. Like they, we'll see. What are I, you doing? On one hand, I'm like, I want to see these artists that I love make music that i like again but on the other hand i'm like some of some people 
have grown up and maybe don't want to make that kind of music anymore? And is it worse for them to try to return to it now that it's popular again than it would be if they just fucked off and made whatever kind of music they want to make now? I don't, I don't really know what the best... And I don't even know if you can tell necessarily as an audience member whether it's genuine interest or not. I, I really don't you can, know. You, you can tell. You can tell. It's like Coldplay. There was a point in my life where I thought Coldplay was just such a really good and like intimate band. And they were still being made fun of as sort of like the soft indie shit. Before La Vida, before that album that mm-hmm. made them into pop pop uh, pop rock stars when they were just making like soft music and now anytime coldplay drops now i listen to just a few and you could tell this is just coasting this isn't yeah. this isn't music that's that's benefiting the catalog this is just coasting we're just doing this to do it yeah i, I couldn't agree more hopefully we see some people try there's also a new green day single out that's not too bad there it's not too bad Their recent years effort hasn't been great either so we'll see we'll see what happens. It's interesting. As always, we we will keep you updated on the the pop punk world and and post weird. That that's a thing. Um anything else you want to add before we go? Silk Sonic. I need you to just send me the link to Are we going to do a vinyl. whole pod on this? I'm not going to do a whole week? pod on it. It's, it's too <laughs> sexy. You can't do a whole pod on that sexy kind of music. Well, what do I say to it? Uh, I like this part here. I really wish it came with like lubricant. This part I I started to take off my clothes. That was a good 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 part of the song. Yeah, this part I got erect. <laughs> I felt fully erect at this part. I, but this tour is probably a tour I would want to go see. The Silk Sonic tour is a tour I would want to go see. Yeah, that that sounds like a great night. If oh, you know 100%. what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I know. I need it to be early so I have energy after. It needs to start like 4 p.m. Wow. So I could, I could get to it at uh, 8. <laughs> I'm just going to say, if you're going to concerts... Stay safe out there. Uh, Care about the people around you. Buy independent records. And uh, thanks for listening.